Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad's Hired Podcast. It's good to be with you. If you're brand new to the Dad's Hired Podcast, welcome. We're a ministry. We're not just a podcast, but we are focused on, we are committed to helping men lead their family well. And uh, we have the podcast. We sit down every week. We don't take ourselves very seriously, but we do take our role as the spiritual leader of our home pretty seriously. And we take Jesus seriously. And so we sit down every week and we just talk about what does it look like for us as men to try to lead our families well, to fall more in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. We also have a community of thousands of guys from all over the world who are serious about this stuff. So again, we have a podcast, but even more than that, we have a community of guys who are really serious about this stuff, trying to encourage each other, to push each other to be the men that God's called us to be. These guys are from all over the world, all walks of life, but one thing in common, and that is to be the men God's called us to be. So we'd love to have you be part of that. It's totally free. You can go to dadshire.com and click the community tab and jump over into that community. Again, that's totally free. And just get connected with other like-minded men who will push you to be the man God's called you to be. Today, I have Layla back with me. Hey. <laughs> it's, good to, it's good to have you back. Uh, every time I travel around the country and go speak, and I'm like, uh, if I'm at a parenting conference or at a marriage conference, I'll usually have a wife come up to me and say, hey, I sneak into the podcast and I really enjoy it. My favorite is when Layla is on. <laughs> and I'm like, is this a compliment or is this, what is this? <laughs> anyway, but people love when Layla's on. I love when Layla's on. Thank you. Most of you guys, if you've heard our story or if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you just know how big of a role Layla has played in my own spiritual development. Like I was a pastor before I met Layla. I were like a 12 second story here. When I was dating Layla, she was a brand new Christian on fire for the Lord. And I was just like doing the pastor role thing. I had done that for a while. We were driving in my little Toyota Tacoma two-door little pickup truck. <laughs> and I remember you saying, just like out of nowhere, do you love Jesus because you get paid to or because you really do love him? And I was like, Zing. who the heck are you? <laughs> you did. You got mad at me. Yeah. I was really frustrated with you. And then you were offended. Okay. Well, yeah. And then I went home I like dropped you off at your apartment and I was like, I'm never talking to that woman again. <laughs> How dare she talk to me like that? But went home and like the spirit of God was really messing with me because I was like, dang, why did she say that? And is that true? Like, mm -hmm. do I actually love Jesus or am I just playing the whole Jesus card? Yeah. And well, I was trying to like delineate, like there are a lot of people who say they are Christians, but then I'm like, are they? And so I was just trying to figure out, <laughs> pastor. Yeah, uh, it was so matter of fact. That's what really threw me off. You like <laughs> weren't trying to jab me, but it jabbed hard. Yeah, I wasn't. I was just gathering facts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Layla has, that was like the start of me recognizing my need for somebody to come alongside of me and help me become the man I think God's called me to be. And you have helped me do that so much. And so while wow, you're still helping me do that, just talking to her, I took my son fishing 5 a.m. this morning, and we were talking about not being ruled by our emotions. And I was telling him mm -hmm. how you have helped me grow mm -hmm. so much in that area. I know what it's like to be ruled by my emotions, and that uh, sucks. And you've really helped me grow in that. And strong men are not ruled by their emotions. In order to be a strong man, I think God knew I needed a woman to come alongside of me, mm -hmm. like you. That mm -hmm. would help me grow in that area. That's nice. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't plan on saying any of that, but hopefully that wins me <laughs> some points later. I just have to say right off the bat here, you have been really disciplined lately. Yeah, thank and you. And I have been impressed by it. I don't know how this turned into a podcast of me showering you with words of affirmation. <laughs> I mean, have me back on more. <laughs> this is getting weird. What else you got? <laughs> that's it. You got notes no, that he's written down That's somewhere? all I got. That's, okay. I got those two nice things and they weren't in my notes. No, you've been really disciplined lately and you've been like waking up, you've been setting your alarm. I, normally I wake up and like roll over and touch you. Not, <laughs> that sounds terrible. But I can just reach over and like, you know, just make sure I'm still make there. Make sure you're still there. <laughs> and you haven't been there for, yeah. feels like a couple of weeks, but you've been waking up and spend some time with the Lord and all mm -hmm. that. Yeah. But that's kind of new. Yeah. 13 years of marriage, you haven't really done that. No, zero discipline for 13 years of marriage. Yeah, I've said for a long time, I've told you more than once probably that harsh words against myself, but the thing I hate the most about myself is my lack of discipline. 
I've prayed about it in the past and, um, and lack of discipline, meaning like I just kind of do whatever I want to do or don't do whatever I don't feel like doing, even if I know it's good for me or I should do it, not eat a bunch of junk food or not eat that second scone with my cup of coffee or, you know, working out. But even just in the spiritual matters, like time with the Lord or prayer, you know, those things are work. They just are. And sometimes if you don't feel like if I don't feel like praying, I just wouldn't. Or if I didn't feel like reading the Bible, I just wouldn't. And I hated that about myself, but I just couldn't get myself to do it. So I just kind of settled with that. Like, I just can't do it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just not disciplined. Recently, I've just been, I was in my small group with the ladies I meet once a week with, and uh, I was talking about it. And as I was like saying the words out loud, I was just really convicting myself. I was just the Lord was convicting me as I was speaking it out loud. And I was like, man, Layla, you are completely ruled by your flesh. You're just completely Mm. ruled by your flesh. And I was like, that's gross. Like hearing myself say it, I'm like, what kind of, (laughs) what kind of person am I, Mm. you know? And I'm, I have four kids and I'm an example of what I'm their first example of what a Jesus follower is. And hopefully their closest and best example, I would hope. And, and I just really wasn't doing a good job. So, I mean, even that very night, I was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I just went home and I was like, it takes me one second to set my alarm. So I'm just going to do it. Because especially if you're a parent and you've got kids in the home, like there's no time, we say. There's no time to read the Bible. There's no time to like sit and have a prayer life. And and I was like, that's just not, I know that's not true. I just am unwilling to make any sacrifices to make it happen again, because I'm just completely ruled by my flesh. That would mean I'm going to have to cut into my sleep and I don't want to do that. So I just never did. And so, yeah, I was like, I'm not going to do that. So I set my alarm, not crazy early, six o'clock. Amelia, our youngest, she's two. She's usually up at like six forty-five, seven o'clock. So I thought if I even just get up at six and just go downstairs, make a cup of coffee and and pray and read the Bible until that little turkey comes waddling down the stairs. So I've been doing it and it's been awesome. And it's kind of bled into other things. I've also been, I hate working out. If you know me, I hate it. I hate being hot. I hate my heart rate up. I hate being out of breath. But I know, especially as I'm getting older, I'm like, I also just physically want to be able to have a good time with my family. I'm I'm not terribly old yet, but sometimes I feel like I literally have a hard time like doing physical things because I'm just kind of tired and weak. And so anyway, the discipline, I've prayed a ton about it and I, I've been doing it. I've been getting up at six. Even just that little thing has helped bleed into a lot of other things. Hmm. That like we talked about at church on Sunday, Pastor Caleb talked about like abiding in the Lord and you can't do anything outside. You can't do anything worth value mm-hmm. in the kingdom without abiding in him. Yeah. And so making those sacrifices to be like, if I actually want to accomplish my role as a mom who leads my kids closer to Jesus, as a wife who loves my husband well, feels good to say those words, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to do anything for the kingdom's sake, like things for eternal value. Like it's crazy to think that we could just kind of lazily, I know that's not a word, yeah. but just like, passively kind of get through life and then just hope at the end of it, well, I hope I did some kingdom stuff, eternal stuff. Right. Um, yeah. Pastor Caleb, when we were at church on Sunday, kind of, he said something that, I mean, just really briefly in passing, but it kind of painted this picture. And I imagined like that day when we're like standing before God and presenting to him, like, this is all of my life. This is, you know, I, for years I was, I followed you and this is, here I'm presenting my life to you and just imagining that fire of God just coming and and burning away. And what would be left? You know, what would we really have done that's like forever stuff right. instead of just like, hey, I did a good job at work. And I mean, we always feel like those things are important to do. But when you're standing before God and he comes with that refining fire and burns away all the stuff, like what's going to be left? What were the the kingdom things. And I think, isn't it in John 15, when he's talking about being the vine, like you can't do anything without me, he said. Mm -hmm. And so all of this stuff that we do, like the last, however, however old I am, had I've not been bathing everything I do in prayer and like, and seeking God first 
So everything I've done, I'm like, man, if I died today and I presented my life today, what would be left when his fire comes through? And like, I don't know. I'd be afraid to see it. <laughs> yeah, it's convicting. That comes from First yeah. Corinthians 3, by the way, that like that thought of building a, on a foundation and, and it will basically be tested uh, oh, uh-huh. through the flames. Mm-hmm. So I got up at six. I've been getting up at six and I just, I didn't even know what to read. I don't, I'm not, I didn't do a devotional on purpose because I just wanted to like read God's word. And I was going to start in Acts because I'm like, I've probably read the gospels enough times, you know, but then I I was like, no, I think I'm going to go back. I'll start with John one. And so I have been reading through it and I just keep on reading and I've just been so enjoying it and like absorbing it in a way I never have before because it hasn't felt like I'm getting up and I'm doing this to check off a box. I'm like genuinely enjoying that relational time with God and like learning about Jesus, even though I've read John, I don't know how many times it's all sinking in. And when I got to John 15, that's when he talks about he's the vine and we're the branches and he's talking about bearing fruit. And I, he said, you know, if you don't bear fruit, you're going to be basically pruned away and tossed. And in my Bible, there's like these little kind of like little passages on the side that I don't know if some author wrote, but it talked about how the instruction there wasn't to go and bear fruit, but the instruction was to abide in me, he mm. said. And those who abide in me and I in him will bear fruit. And so even just like, even just doing the spiritual disciplines, like that's not how you bear fruit, really. Mm. I mean, those things are important, but the way you do that is by abiding in in the Lord. And you can do that by, you know, through practice of the spiritual disciplines. But I think, you know, checking the boxes and like going, doing good things that appear to be good spiritual fruit. Yeah. That's not how you do it. You just abide in the Lord. So it's like just hearing you say that the practical application, thinking of like a dad, would not be Jesus saying, go be more patient, go be more kind, right. go be more loving. And then you go like try to white knuckle it. Well, I'm exhausted. I just worked hard. I'm stressed about the bills and all this, yeah. but I need to do this for my wife, my kids. The commandment was mm-hmm. abide in me yeah. and the fruit will produce. Yeah, exactly. I will be a more patient husband. Yeah. I will be a more patient dad. And that's a relief. That is a relief. It's a relief to not feel like, because it's hard when you're tired. And I think that's why all these years I've been so undisciplined. I'm just too tired. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I did one little thing, which was I'm going to get up at six, just a little bit earlier than normal and abide in the Lord. I'm just going to go downstairs by myself in the quiet and pray and then read the Bible. It's been incredible. I mean, even just in the last week or two. Two things I've noticed from you doing that observations objectively. Number one is it seems like you have been lighter with the kids, like lighter around the house. Hmm. Like just less grumpy. I I didn't use those words. Not grumpy. Um, You're not like grumpy, but you know, just, you know, you're just like, you're just lighter. You just, you're silly, more silly with the kids. Mm. You're more playful with them. I've noticed you just seem lighter. Like your spirit Mm. seems lighter. Mm. I've noticed that. I've also noticed that it's convicted me, Mm. you know, and you haven't said a word. You haven't told me like, Jared, you need to do this. Mm. You need to wake up earlier. You need to be working out and get rid of Mm -hmm. that dad bod. (laughs) But all of that, you know, I'm watching you. What's that? What's that passage? It's like just wives live in such a way that your husband's. Yeah, I can't remember. But when I was talking about like, even if your husband isn't living right, just keep living. Yeah. Basically, keep being the Christian and, and lead by example that your husband may see your good works and see your good deeds and see what you're doing. And, and he may repent and follow too. Yeah. Yeah. I so don't... repent. Are you repenting? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm in like a real dark place, but it, it's been, uh, you're leading, you're leading by example. You're, mm-hmm. you're leading me and you're leading the kids in that way. And it's a, I think that's the spurring one another on yeah. you know, toward Jesus. Yeah. It really has just like bled out into other things. Like even in like, I've been reading this disciplines of a godly woman. I don't know. It's probably an old book. We just picked it in my, my ladies group, but And she was talking about worship, like the discipline of worship too. And she was saying how you can't rightly worship 
a God you don't really know. Like to mm. know him more, you worship better because mm. otherwise you're worshiping a God you don't actually know anything about. Yeah. And so yeah. how can you know anything about him and so worship properly if you aren't abiding in him yeah. and spending that time with him? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, We've mentioned, I've mentioned probably the last couple of weeks about like just church and our church. I get asked a lot. People will send me messages or emails and people ask me a lot about our move. We've been here a year and a half. We moved from Oregon to South Carolina. Yeah, a year and a half ago. ago. And so people will message me and like, how did you know? How did you know to move? How did you know where to move? Did you feel God calling you? And I would just say on that, like, neither of us kind of felt this prompting, like the Lord was telling us to leave. Yeah, I felt like more of it was like, and I always hate to use these words, like, I feel, I feel, because I want to be led by the scriptures Mm -hmm. and like what I know, like what you just said. I want to know what is true about God and his Mm -hmm. personality and not what I'm feeling because you eat a weird lunch and you'll feel all kinds of weird things. And just like we were talking about with my son, you know, I don't want to be led by my feelings. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to say I feel this. But anyway, I I had a sense that it was like, it's okay to leave now. Like now's an okay time to leave. It's kind of a release. Yeah. We just had friends stay in town with us. They are like, we're in this, (laughs) I'm using the word season. My buddy who was here, his name's Matt. And he was like, I hate that word because it's so yeah. churchy. You know, it's like know. only Christians say that, you know. Yeah, I know. He said that and I was like, oh, dang. It's we true. use that word a lot. But I know. it's such a good word to describe exactly what it is. It's well, I was telling him, I'm like, yeah. Temporary period. Right. I was telling him, I'm like, I don't like cheesy. Christians really do have their own weird vocabulary. And it, yeah. it does get weird because if you're a non-Christian and you sit in and you hear Christians talking sometimes, it literally, it just doesn't make any sense. It can be really weird. But season feels right. <laughs> season feels like one of those yeah. words. It's like, this is the most accurate word that I can think of. But anyway, they were going through this. I was just, as I was talking to them, we spent a week just praying with them and talking with them. And it was like, I think your guys is this chapter, this season of life is like, it's coming to an end and something new is going to happen. And I was telling them, and this would be the same thing I would tell you guys who are listening, who just feel kind of a restlessness, like, is God calling us to do something different? Is Are we supposed to like enter into this new chapter of life? There's probably all kinds of like arguments one way or the other, but my, here's my personal thought on it. And you are always good at seeing things from a different perspective. So tell me what you think. But I always say, just move, like just move, not move, like move, right. <laughs> like move. Just go, take a step. Yeah, just take a step. Yeah. So for us, it was like, I don't really know. Are we supposed to move where we're supposed to move? I don't feel like God's like telling us you need to move to this town and this yeah. state. I didn't feel any of that or sense any of that from the Lord, but we just went and checked out houses. Yeah. You know? And we also weren't feeling like, no, you need to stay. Right. Yeah. And even in that, like, I'm just going to pursue, I wrote this on uh, Instagram has like their new version of Twitter, which is whatever. I'm not very good at all the Twitter stuff. <laughs> I sounded so old. saying that. They had like their own version of that. And I said something on there recently where I was, I was basically like, I think a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people in my time in ministry say, I don't want to get ahead of God. I don't want to get ahead yeah. of God. But I've personally seen more people behind what God is doing. Yeah. Like, I think that's, I would venture to guess that's maybe more of the risk. Yeah, there. Are, I think there's like two camps in it. Some people are like, I'm not taking the step until God gives me the green light. And people feel so paralyzed. They're like, I've been praying and praying and praying about you know, if I should um, apply to this school or not, or if I should move here or take this job, I've been praying and I just don't know. And so then they just don't do anything. <laughs> I would say go until God tells you not to. Right. Until I it's think like, those are the two camps. Yeah. Either don't take a step until you're led or There's go. a chapter in the Dad's Hired Mixtape book called, or it's a section called Runners and Waiters, which basically talks mm-hmm. about that whole, like, am I a waiter? Am I waiting to like for the, the perfect mm-hmm. sign from God, write it in the clouds? Or am I just... Am I running too fast? And you can be on either side yeah. of that camp, but just like do stuff, like just start praying, start acting as if God is calling you to something and, yeah. and act on it. And I think you'll get clarity, clarity being the scriptures, like, no, that's disobedient from what we know right. of God's reputation in the scriptures. That would be an obvious red flag. The second would be godly people around you who are they love you and they love Jesus. And just here, hey, here's some things we're processing. We're thinking about moving. We're thinking about taking this job. We're thinking about whatever. What do you guys think? I say that with a caveat. You don't want to make that circle too big. Like too yeah. many people into that. It's chaotic. Well, uh, just different personalities. We're ha- we'll have different perspectives. Right. And it's not always necessarily like. Yeah. Don't make your a pros and cons list because 
usually, when you look at the scripture, God called people to do stuff and their cons list would have way outweighed yeah. the, um, the pros list. So don't let that be your determining factor. Just start moving and, and seeing if your spouse isn't on board, it's probably not time. Yeah. Like I prayed, I wanted to leave Oregon for probably a decade. Yeah. And I would pray like, God, I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead of you, but I also don't want to get ahead of my wife. Mm-hmm. And so if, and when there's a time for us to leave, just give Layla a piece about it. And when you said, I have a piece about leaving, I was like, oh, dang. Yeah. This is like, that's a 10 year prayer that God answered. Yeah. Like I was like a boulder in that place. I wasn't moving. <laughs> I know. My roots were deep. I'd been there, born and raised in Oregon and my family and my friends, literally my friends that I've known since kindergarten are still my best friends to this day. Yeah. And so like, there's just no way. Yeah. And then one day I was like, I think we can go. Mm. <laughs> I think now's the time. And it's been great. We've been here a year and a half just as like a personal update for you guys. We've been here a year and a half. It's been wonderful. We plugged right into a community. We found believers here, friends here that love Jesus, love us, that we love. It's been really, really cool. Our kids have found cool community. We found a church, which took us like a while to find. Yeah, it did take us at, I was, least, at least a year. Yeah. I was thinking about this recently, maybe yesterday. I was thinking, when you're looking for a church, don't look for cool. <laughs> look for faithful. Yeah, for sure. We've been part of cool, quote unquote, cool churches. I've been, I've spoken at probably hundreds of churches, been part of, like been around hundreds of churches and church leaders. I don't want like cool. I just want some, I want a church and a leadership team that's like, we just really, really want to see Jesus mm-hmm. magnified here. If Pastor Caleb's listening, we think you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're not saying you're uncool. <laughs> he would, but that was not I told the him important that. thing. I told yeah. him that. I'm like, bro, I love that you're just not, Caleb, by the way, is speaking at our, our men's retreat and he, cool. he and I will be speaking together. So he'll speak half the time. I'll speak half the time. But what I told him this, I'm like, dude, I travel all over. You know, you can see all these quote unquote celebrity pastors, which is just such an oxymoron. There's only one celebrity path. There's only right. one hero and that's Jesus. Like all of us are talking about the main guy. None of yeah. us are the main guy. Mm-hmm. We're just pointing to the main guy. So anytime I obviously I'm getting like, I get passionate about this on a soapbox here, but like, Dude, just the celebrity pastor thing is just so weird. It is weird. It's so weird. It's a human tendency to elevate mm-hmm. man above God. And um, anyway, Caleb, dude, he'll be the first to be like, dude, I'm not trying to be cool. I'm not cool. Like, mm-hmm. I just want, I love Jesus. I want to love Jesus more. I want to, I genuinely want to follow him. And, and he wants the church to love Jesus yeah, more. Yeah. It's been so cool. Who cares if your church is cool and yeah. flashy and got their cool, like maybe it's that somebody walks in and it's just like, they're stuck in 19 whatever because they don't have the coolest thing. But dude, if they're faithful people who love Jesus, just go plug in. Every church is messy. Every church is messed up. It's leaders. It's it's the bride of Christ being led by just broken and messy people. But man, if they just, they're faithful, they love Jesus, you can trust their hearts. Who cares if they're cool? Yeah, I agree. Anyway, so we are grateful to find a church. But I will say this. So our kids, were in, it's summer. You may be listening to this at some years from now, but it's summer in 2023 right now. And we're in like the thick of VBS, if you're not church, if you're not from the church, mm-hmm. vacation Bible school, <laughs> where basically it's just like a Christian kids camp for a week. All the churches yeah. around town are doing them all over the country. It's like a real popular thing. But you and I were having a conversation about this and I thought it was interesting because I'm sure other parents are having this conversation at a lot of these camps, which is great, they're presenting the gospel and then they're giving kids an opportunity to receive, hear the gospel, receive, believe, trust in Jesus. Awesome. Yeah. Many kids will give their life to Christ. They will hear the gospel for the first time. God will, the spirit of God will chase them down, snatch them up, and they will fall in love with Jesus and become faithful followers of his for life. Super awesome. Yeah. A lot of kids also will be super excited that they got slime and that they got to go throw water balloons at each other. Right. And then they see all their friends raise their hand and right. repeat a prayer. And they will say, I want to do that. And they have no clue what no it means clue. to yeah. actually follow Jesus. It's kind of concern. Yeah, I agree. I feel, <laughs> yeah. I, I, we tread gently because 
what it's going to sound like or what it might sound like is like we're discouraging kids from like, you know, receiving or walking up to the altar call or, you know, accepting Jesus into their heart or saying the prayer. Like, I wouldn't want to stand before you and be like, ah, tell your kids not to do that. But I, I remember one time our kids came home or they got in the car and they like had these little gift bags. And I was like, what you got there? You know, and they're like, well, I guess like they asked if we wanted to say a prayer and receive Jesus. So we did. And and so we got these bags and swag and like celebration, you know, and I'm like, oh, I mean, okay, this is only the biggest decision of your entire life and you're six. So <laughs> what does that mean? Like that you've accepted salvation? No idea. They had no idea. No idea. I mean, <laughs> that sounds terrible because I'm like, I lead a, a whole ministry for, you know, but yeah, like, right. you think about like, like our four-year-old, right? if I'm, I'm like, hey, can you explain to us? And I'm not asking her to give me like a, theological oh, right. dissertation on salvation but do you understand the basics of why Jesus died why you need self why you need right. the the redemption of Jesus why it's, Jesus died on the cross for you just don't developmentally you can't understand the weight of your sin right you are just a selfish fleshy <laughs> human because you don't even have the capacity to not be and we have the sweetest 4 year old you will ever meet but she is wicked and she does, <laughs> you know, and she doesn't grasp that. She doesn't know that she is. Right. And therefore she can't understand the weight of repenting, which means turning away from that wickedness in her right. and running toward Jesus who offers forgiveness for that and salvation. Like she just, you can't developmentally get that. And so until you can, I just, we've talked to the kids like when, you know, when, when that prayer is offered up to you to like, hey, Jesus, come into my heart, like that sounds so good and nice. And like, I would not want to ever discourage that, but talk to us. Let's hammer it out and and see, like, talk about that. And the Bible talks about that. Jesus talks about like, actually, I think I wrote down some of it, like why people get baptized or even why you shouldn't. And he said, oh, it was in Luke when he was using the analogy of the builder before somebody goes to sit down and build something, like you have to make sure you've got what it takes to complete your project. Like, are you ready to begin this? And the king who's going to war, like before you go against another king and go to war, are you prepared mm -hmm. for battle? And I think these young kids that <laughs> these little VBS, as cute as it is, they just aren't. Mm -hmm. They're just not ready. And so even like our, we have a, our oldest is 12 and then next up is 10 years old. We have a 12 and 10 year old and we're having a lot of conversations. And I think that the weight of sin is starting, they're maybe starting to feel it a little bit and understand. And so now we're going to get to the point, like, are you ready to turn away from that and live differently than your friends? Yeah. And so we've had a lot of good discussions about that and like, oh, but mom, this is normal. All the kids are doing this or that. And I'm like, yeah, it is normal. We're not called to be normal. So anyway, not quite ready yet. And he's 12, you know, so. Yeah. I guess one of my fears would be that, because I've seen it so many times that kids, this false belief, because they said a prayer when they're six or seven years old. Yeah. No, or I got baptized when I was seven. Yeah. I said a prayer when I was seven. I'm good with God. Mm -hmm. I, Jesus is my homeboy. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, you have never counted the cost of your sin yeah. and what it means to live a life radically devoted yeah. to say no to everything and to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. You've never counted that cost. Right. And you were told at a fun camp that you're in, but you've never actually counted the cost. And that's a genuine, I think that that's a problem. Yeah. Now I've seen, I try not to get too deep in the weeds here, but I think God put his hand on my life mm -hmm. at a very young age. Yeah. And I think that the spirit of God was drawing me mm -hmm. at a very young age. I can look back. I have journals from when I was in sixth grade mm -hmm. of writing about God's drawing my heart. So the spirit of God, I really do believe, mm -hmm. can draw kids. And I've even seen it For in sure. some kids. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, the way they're talking about mm -hmm. God is different. Yeah. But man, I want to be the one having those conversations with my kids. I guess it, there's no way of saying other way of saying it, like I, I do think that we have probably leaned heavily on the side of being very cautious of not having our kids make a decision, a big decision for Christ at like a camp or a church service without us talking to them about it or without really, I just want to be able to see that the spirit of God is actually working in our kids mm -hmm. and then walk, 
with them through that decision. Right. Well, when, when the kids came into the car with their little baggie, having accepted the Lord, we're like, and Eden's like, I don't even know. There's all the, everybody around me put their hand up. So I had to put my hand up. Yeah. She thought so they were like, was, they thought they were like, like getting a prize or something. Yeah. They, they didn't even looked know around what, like everybody's hand was up. So she thought, Oh, well, I mean, my hand's going up too. And so that was it. And so they just all were like, yay. And he added an this email many from number. the church. Right. <laughs> you want your, your child give your life to Christ? Yeah, you want to get baptized, you want to baptized this week? I'm like, no yeah. way. Right. No way. That's, by the way, I, just for clarity's sake, that's not the church we're part of. Like, that didn't happen yeah, at the church no, we're no. part of right now. But, I mean, it's happened more than once at, I think, more than one church. <laughs> <laughs> Our so. kids are giving their life to Christ <laughs> weekly, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting saved and but saved and saved. That said, though, it's been awesome to like have those conversations. And yeah. it's been, I don't, I'm not like upset. We're not no, upset. No. We're not calling the church for Pete's sake. It's just led to really awesome conversations. What does that mean? What are we called to do if you're going to say you're a, a follower of Jesus? And he said, if you don't renounce all that you have, you cannot be my disciple. That's a big deal for a for a six year old, you know, to say that's me. And I mean, it's fine. Like if you're like, our kids would say they're Christians. You know, they for sure would say they're Christians. That they're, you know, they're. And I think they're learning what that means. And like, you know, they believe in God and they believe in Jesus. And we have these conversations a lot. But like that moment when you're just like, I'm going to choose Jesus all the days of my life. That's a big deal. Well, baptism is symbolically saying I'm yeah. dying to who I was and I'm becoming alive in Christ. It's hard for a kid to say I'm dying to who I was right. without them having any idea of really their sinful nature. Right. And so I do think there's a foundation of like, I think Jesus in his grace is like, there's an innocence of like, I believe in God. I think God created things. I love Jesus. You know, yeah, all this stuff. Really sure. cool. Right. Really, really cool. Yeah. But this, the cost of discipleship, I think... It's got to be later in life. Yeah. And so us personally. Baptism particularly. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, for us mm-hmm. personally, when it comes to baptism specifically, I want it to be later in life. I don't want to baptize my kids early. That's not a biblical. There's nowhere in the Bible that says an age. No. So I'm not going to make a biblical argument that said they have to be this old. No. But for us personally, we've made a decision. We want our kids to be at least preteen or older. If my son right now at 12 If I started to see the spirit of God convicting him of his sin, having a heart of repentance and saying, dad, I don't want to live this way. I want to follow the ways of Jesus. I would say, dude, let's go get you baptized. We'll get in that lagoon right now. Yeah, I think. (laughs) What'd you say? We'll get in that lagoon right now. (laughs) Gators, bro. Just getting those gators in our lagoon. Yeah. Yeah. Literally count the cost. The reasons why a Christian gets baptized. And if your child or if you see in your child that they grasp that, then do it. Yeah. But. What I've seen, and and again, this is not prescriptive. We're not saying like, don't let your kids put their hand up and don't let them get baptized. But like being baptized, I had a couple notes here, is just obedience to Jesus' command to do it. He said to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But it's an identification with Christ, like symbolizing, you know, his death and burial and resurrection. You identify with Christ when you do that. Forgiveness of sins, it's kind of a symbolic, like I'm washing away the sinful way that I was and I'm coming up out of the water washed and new because of what Jesus did. And just a public profession of faith, like you're announcing to all those around you and kind of like a call to hold me accountable. I'm now part of your community. I'm in the body of Christ with you. Yeah. And I just don't know a lot of kids that can, not that they need to articulate it like some little theologian, but like, but just understanding what it means. It's, think, going, to, it's yeah. going to mean living different than your friends. There, I was telling somebody else this earlier, but like in a lot of countries, baptism is so somber. Think of like Middle Eastern countries or China probably in underground churches, these places where to be baptized literally means a renouncing of my old life mm. and my family. Yeah. And so when they're, you know, when we come up and when you watch people in your church get baptized, it's celebratory, which yeah, it should be. It Super should be, cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. You are saved and you're yeah. proclaiming that salvation. Yeah. Awesome. But in a lot of countries, some people will come up crying because it's like the they're, cost is they, high. they're counting the cost. Yeah, the cost was and high. I, I would rather have our kids lean on that side Yeah, because that's like going to be the faithful discipleship journey. Life mm-hmm. is going to hit you hard. Mm-hmm. There will be many troubles, as Jesus say, but take heart, I've overcome. Mm-hmm. And so I want my kids to, at a very, as early as I can get them to understand, 
I'm making this decision to follow Jesus and it's going to be the hardest thing that I ever do, but it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, as Peter would say, like when Jesus looked at Peter and everyone with all the disciples were leaving because the message got hard and yeah. he looks at Peter and says, do you want to leave too? And, and Peter says, if you're God, where else do I go? Yeah. You just kind of sense the heaviness of what mm-hmm. he's saying there. Like, kind of, I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, but this really, is, where can... Yeah, where else do I go? And I want my kids to have that kind of level of yeah. like their understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. This is so hard, but what else am I going to do? Mm-hmm. I truly believe that you are the mm-hmm. God of the universe and I'm committed to following you. So yeah. anyway, just stuff to think through and talk through as you're with your own family as you're going through potentially vacation Bible school stuff or Sunday school stuff with your family and church. These are just you know, as a couple, just decide where you want to land and like what makes sense for you. Again, this isn't, we're not making a biblical statement here. No. Argument. Uh, There's no age defined Mm -hmm. in the scriptures, but I think it's good for you guys to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. It's just not a flippant decision. Can't kind of like blithely like announce that we're Christians or baptized or, you know, it just is, it's a bigger deal, I think, than maybe a lot of people make it. So that's all. It kind of goes back to the... Um, and Sorry, and if your child is baptized or they've said at a young age they want to, then, I mean, disciple the heck out of them. Yeah. Raise them up in that. Remind yep. them every day this is who we are now. Yep. It's you, good. I mean, it's it's not bad. It's just... Right. Yeah. We Our family has decided, the Lopes family's decided we're going to make sure the kids understand. It's a weighty, weighty, weighty decision. I want to do, before we wrapped up, I wanted to actually go was thinking of this earlier when i said you had been like lighter you know yeah i don't mean that like you've been working out light lighter <laughs> on the scale although you probably are <laughs> i go through so many tangents i know mm-hmm. everyone's just i apologize all over the place i'm sorry add catches up to me but one of the things i was thinking of is i used this phrase last week in last week's episode but i used the phrase like mental load is that am i saying that right is yeah. that what like what yeah what women mental are, load is that what mm-hmm. you women are saying these days yeah the, it's the mental load that the women carry there's been a lot it's like kind of a buzzword right now i think yeah, i don't but like buzzwords but what does like, it mean yeah what does it mean the mental load usually disproportionately falls on women but it's kind of the the cognitive burden or like the mental lifting i think is the other way they describe it mental load or mental lifting mental effort it takes to like run the household so a good example (laughs) yesterday i was actually in the middle of my bible study with my girls and uh, jared is usually upstairs with the kids but he had a a phone call for like getting set up for some insurance thing anyway he comes running on the stairs and he's like you know got the phone up to his ears like i'm so sorry to interrupt you who's my doctor (laughs) <laughs> and all the girls just laugh. And I'm like, you know, so I tell him, your doctor is this. And by the way, no, you don't have any prescription medications. No, you don't have any chronic medical conditions. Like just, you know, that was just one example is just like the healthcare side of things and like making sure the kids have their doctor's appointments. I guarantee you, Jared, do you even know what the last time our kids have gone to the doctor who the kid's doctor yeah, they is? They seem healthy, you know. You, I would take them if they did not seem healthy. But they <laughs> you, wouldn't, you, you would have no idea where to even take them. To a doctor. You, you Google it and you take them to the closest our kids doctor. have a doctor. Should they need one, you have no idea who it is. You don't know who their dentist is. You, okay. you know, you it's know just, what? I'm really... We'll see but, you next but week, these you are, you know, listen, these are examples of like, I think just kind of the mental load that a lot of that, again, this is not how all families run, but oftentimes, according to the studies, disproportionately falls on women. And for some households, including ours, like I even also take care of like Jared Hay, like he's mentioned probably on this podcast a time or two about his like ADD and it's a real thing. Like he, and, and anything that like takes focus, especially if it's like paperwork or filling out a form, he is out. Like he can't do it. He cannot do it. And so like just this last week, I've been working on the tax rate for our property taxes here. We have to like fill out some things and take care of a bunch of stuff. And I've been like, it's been quite the process. And I've been doing that because (laughs) that's just part of like my mental lifting and then renewing our car insurance thing. And things are done differently here in South Carolina than in Oregon. And so I've like been having to take care of like the tax and the insurance stuff and 
yeah, like medication. He's like, she's got a big mental load. I've yeah, got, this is big. <laughs> I mean, I did how not much expect time the do list. I have? Yeah. I did not expect the list to come out but here. So, but then there's also like things like the kids' birthdays coming up. We've got a birthday Get like a cake. next Publix. week. That's it. Throw like, some yeah, he's on like it. that day. would be like, oh, let's just go to Publix and grab some cupcakes, you know. But I'm like, man, she she's gonna want like more. And so I've been for weeks and weeks if not months been and I don't even do big birthdays but I just I want to make sure our babies feel like feel celebrated and loved and so I I have that on my mind a lot and you know a friend's wedding coming up and I'm like I've been thinking about it for months like what should we get I want it to be special because they're a good friend and Jared's like looking at me like I don't know we'll just look on Amazon before we go and (laughs) get an Amazon gift card so anyway stuff like that I I think that here's the thing i that's interesting because I know most guys are going to, I'm just going to tell you what most guys are thinking when they hear that. Like you're stressing about it more than you need to stress about it. Yeah. That's what you would say. Yes. <laughs> we'll just tell the tax guy, listen, okay. relax. <laughs> it's fine. We'll pay you. And when it comes, just be grateful. Like what <laughs> things have to be done. And a lot of those kinds of things often fall on yeah. the mom slash woman slash wife. I agree. I got two questions here. Okay. One is a more critical question and then one is more not. Okay. (laughs) Where does like, you know, thinking through everything, but just bleeding into unnecessary stress, like for example, the gift for a wedding that's months away or our daughter's birthday, which if you said, Jared, can you handle that? I would probably think through it that 48 hours before. Yeah. And probably come up with something that would be fine for her. And it's caused you, that's been in your mental load. Yeah. I've been carrying it for, yeah. I mean, probably at least two months. It's been in my, like, if I had a little backpack in my brain, that's in there and I've been carrying it around. But again, so part of that mental load, it's not just like, oh, there's a birthday coming up and I need to get a cake. It's like, I'm thinking specifically of our daughter how she's been feeling lately about friends and maybe not feeling very invited and welcomed and loved by people. And so how do I make sure she feels super extra special? Okay, I'm gonna, she wants to do something with her hair. I need to find a salon. Oh my gosh, that one wants $200. Let me, so this is another thing I've been doing. I've been searching for a place to take her that we can afford so she can do like a hair thing. She wants some sparkle hair or something. And, you know, so that's all, it's not just like Eden's birthday is coming up. It's like there's yeah. so much more to it. All the yeah. And so I, I agree. There's probably stress and anxiety about things that maybe, you know, I don't need to worry about them. Chris Hilkin said something really awesome about worry and stress. And like, I can't remember what it was, but it was super convicting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's time. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Yeah. But it was so good. And I'm like, dang, that is so good. Oh, and I'm going to think of it as soon as we stop recording. But anyway. You can listen um, to it because it was, he he did a worry episode on this podcast a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was great. I do recommend, in fact, I should, after this, go listen to it again. But um, yeah, there are things I worry about probably that I don't need to, but there are also things that just need to be taken care of that I do feel like fall on me to do. And yeah, things like birthdays and making sure she feels loved is one of them. Okay. Well, now that I feel like a cruddy dad. Yeah. So... Okay, so then the second question is kind of tiered, but like for a guy, because we're not typically thinking through all those layers. Most guys aren't typically thinking through all those layers. So how do we serve our wives well when I don't know the spaghetti that's going on in your brain? (laughs) You know, that that's like, oh, I need a cake, but that links back to her feeling this and this. I'm not in your brain. I I don't know the spaghetti there. So how do I help you with that? I think sometimes it helps me even just like offloading it verbally, like so you know that I'm doing stuff. I don't know. And maybe this is just pride or a weird thing, a Layla thing. But like sometimes I just want you to know all the things I'm doing just so you know. Mm-hmm. Like I have this list of things I'm working on so you don't think I'm not doing anything. <laughs> like, hey, did you know I've spent three days talking to the property tax people at the county? It's super not fun, but that's what I've been doing. I've also been on phone with corporate Kia because our car is having some issues and I literally had to get a hold of corporate Kia. So that's been uh, at least a 45 minute wait every time. So anyway, stuff like that. I just, I'm like, these are things I'm doing. You're welcome. You know, so part of it, <laughs> maybe just recognition. Like, yeah, you do do a lot of things 
I, for recognition. Sure. You do do a lot of things. Thank we you. would collapse without yeah. you. Well, sometimes I think in my morbid thinking, like if I died, oh my gosh, Jared wouldn't know what to do. They're drinking a lot of DayQuil. DayQuil for what? That's my remedy for them being sick. If they get sick, I'm not, <laughs> I no. don't know what doctor See, they're going listen. to. Oh my gosh. They're getting some vitamin Please. C and Stop. some DayQuil. Don't give our kids any medication <laughs> whatsoever, ever. Please. Drink Jeez. water, rest it out, and but, the county can knock on our door if something goes wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. You better pray I don't die. <laughs> but anyway, recognition may be that we do a lot. Moms do a lot. And then I would guess like a lot of it, that mental load is worry that there's nothing can be done about it. I'm just going to be thinking about it, you know, like is Eden going to feel loved and celebrated? There's nothing in that that you can take for me off my plate. But but if I said like, could you just put up the decorations or could you make sure that the cake gets picked up on her birthday or mm-hmm. I don't know. Just like maybe the little practical things. I feel like we tried this before maybe one time. I thought I brought it up, but you love to write everything down. Layla's, but I wish you guys this was on video because she's just like, we had no notes going into this and it looks like she's writing a college paper over here. I'm sitting, leaning back in my chair. I've been looking out the window and Layla, I'm looking down at her lap and she just looks like she's writing a I like, novel. Yeah, I like loves writing stuff down. I just down. like to write things down on paper. I don't, don't know. I just can't wait to read over those notes later. Just reference, <laughs> reference that. Anyway, but I feel like we shared a, I had an idea where we like shared a mental load notes on the phone where you could just write down all the things. And if there's anything in there that I could take, assign it. Yeah, that's just one more thing for me to do. <laughs> it was. Keep writing it down. Yeah, I think we did. I forgot about that. Okay, so like my to-do list. Find don't, a go new through, don't go through your to-do list, babe. You're going to bore these people. Stuff. You're going to bore these people out you of their minds. You can't do that from You don't know the what. The guys listening to this are like, here's what I, one thing I'm thinking is this could easily, you're flirting with a line that could turn into an argument in a couple. Yeah. And because what could happen at our worst, when I say our, I mean like all plural, like our, yeah. all of us couples listening and being part of this. At our worst, we could say, you could say, listen to these 10 things I'm doing, Jared. And I could say, well, listen to these 15 things I'm yeah, doing that right. I never told you about. I'm yeah. working every day to try to make sure we have money to do, you know, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. that becomes a really unhealthy sure. place to yeah, be. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's not a competition. It's not a competition. Yeah. But I think the mental burden that women carry is mental. And so a lot of it doesn't get mm. seen. Like oftentimes, just kind of traditionally speaking, and I know this is not how all families work, but oftentimes like the man goes to work and you can see he's gone from, you know, nine to five and he's been working and then he gets paid and like you can see the fruit of that labor. But oftentimes these things like Jared would never know that I've been working on the property taxes. He would never know if I didn't say it. And it's been a ton of work, you know, finding a new dentist. He has no idea. He doesn't know who his dentist is. He doesn't make the appointments, you know, he wouldn't even know if I, if we, if I got him a new one, but like that takes work, but none of it is visible. And so, yeah, for sure. If you, and don't be in an unhealthy place like that, where you can't share each other's burdens without it turning into like a squabble about who does what. And if you need help, you have to ask for it. And if you appreciate or notice that your spouse is doing something, then say it. But yeah, certainly don't become a, tit for tat i'm doing more yeah i think maybe i'll start to try you know just asking what's on your mental load plate today is there anything i can take off of it yeah that'd be helpful yeah that's a fine question i'll probably say nothing because i like i know you always do that and then you're gonna be mad (laughs) but that's the other thing too is like know that about yourself if you're that kind of person that you're like you're gonna complain that you do so much and then they're offering to help and you say no, like that's not fair either. So, and I wouldn't, I don't get mad at you. Like I accept this mental load. I prefer actually to do most of these things myself, but there are probably some like little practical things that I could use help with. But for the most part, like I don't want you, I want to know what's going on with our property taxes. I want to know what's going on with our bills. I want to make sure we have the good dentist and that they're 
Oh, that's the other thing, man. Every time I get a bill in the mail, I'm reviewing that thing and I'm on the horn all the time <laughs> calling these offices like, why'd you bill me for this? And Jared would never look at it. He would, if I let him in charge of that stuff, he just blindly You guys, pay. we have this, uh, this podcast has turned into so long. If you're still Sorry. listening, we love you so much. Just uh, wish we could just all eat together and be friends. That'd be nice. We have this thing, like we do this every time we go out to eat. The waitress will always hand me the bill. Yeah. And I don't even look at it. He just puts his card in it and hands it back without <laughs> looking. And I have to snatch it so fast to review the receipt. Layla's got the, go, pulls out the reading glasses. She doesn't <laughs> don't wear them. I don't <laughs> just, wear glasses. Just pulls out the calculator. She's getting through that thing with a fine tooth <laughs> comb, man. you got to make sure they build you it put a, You charge 30 cents to put that lemon in that water, and See? I'm going to talk to that waitress about no, it. No, listen, I'm not like that. But sometimes they do. Like I'm like, hey, remember, um, it's Sunday and Kazit free, and I see you here. You charged me for this meal. Like, stuff like that. I'm gonna... Get him. Get him. Jared. No, it is a gift. You saved us so many 30 listen, cents. I am a delight at a restaurant. Waitresses love our family. Uh, you know, but I do like to review the bill before I pay, whether it's a bill at a restaurant, medical bill, you're, whatever. You're a good bill reviewer. Yeah. I, you should start you. a little side hustle. I'm not going to do that. Listen. I've got plenty on my plate. <laughs> thank you. I'm not taking other families' mental load, too. Thanks anyway. That was a good idea. I think the thing that I'm hearing loudest from what you're saying is you just really want me to acknowledge. You don't need me to take it because you actually kind of like being in control that you... Secretly, I know you know you could do it better than I can. I'll just pick any dentist and you want a better dentist. You want the yeah. best dentist. Yeah. Whatever. You carry a lot of things. Some of these things you don't mind carrying because you know yeah. you're good at them. Yeah. And you just need me to acknowledge, hey, yeah. I see that you're doing a lot and I'm yeah. really thankful that you're carrying these things. Yeah. My contribution is weighty and heavy. It's just not visible most of the time. Yeah. So now you know. I knew. And I'm thankful for you. Thanks. You guys, if Layla dies, please send help. <laughs> send help <laughs> immediately. Oh All right. Gosh. I don't know what we talked about today or There's how we so got through things. talking about dentists and baptisms and yeah, churches mm -hmm. and uh, your workout regime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Routine. <laughs> uh. Truly, I don't know how I've written any books, to be totally know. honest with you. I, I probably know. put thing. I've probably written a sentence, workout regime, and the editors just thought, this is the guy we picked. Yeah. We picked this guy books. to write a book, yeah. workout regime. Yep. Is that a thing or is it just I workout mean, routine? You know, actually, I have heard people say regime. I know. As I'm saying, I'm like, it actually feel, it still feels right. Yeah. I mean, when I think regime, I think of like yeah, the, Iran yeah. leaders or like, uh, I've heard somebody say like, chemo regime and i'm like i feel like i want to say chemo regimen you know regimen is well yeah feels more right so workout but you're not alone in the in the regime yeah work, but uh, everybody else doing it i'm doing it layla's uh layla's just got accepted uh she had a job interview yeah i did she crushed it she was real you nervous. weren't there i knew you were gonna crush it and i you crushed it because they offered you a job immediately well layla's the best nurse you guys if you ever need help if you're ever in the hospital and you're in real need, she's the kind of nurse you want on your side. She'll advocate for you. She will go through your chart with a fine-tooth comb. That's true. And she will check everything, Nothing man. gets by me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're thankful for you guys. We love you. It's good having you back, babe. I'm Thanks sure for having me. People will love this perspective. All right, you guys. We love you. Hopefully, this was helpful for you in some way on your journey of becoming more like Jesus and helping your family do the same. We will see you next week. Bye.